This is Rob Bass, and you are listening to the Movie Podcast Network. We're here to ask you to head over to Patreon and show us some support. If you've ever dreamed of unlocking the Rob Bass nude photo archive, or if you've been wanting to sponsor the official GeekCast Live Pony, go to Patreon and pledge accordingly. That's patreon.com slash geekcastlive. Cartoon Joe here. If you enjoy what we do and you'd like us to do more of it, please be sure to like and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star review. Apparently that stuff matters, and we've been not paying attention to it for the past four years. So give us five stars today. Thanks. If you want to get in contact with us outside of the show, be sure to check us out at GeekCast Live on the Facebook machine or check us out on Twitter at GeekCast Live. Nico here, looking for more great content. Just a reminder to check out our good buddies over at waywardraven.com for cool gear, novelties, fun stuff. Check them out. Enter our discount code. You know what it is. It's Neckbeard for 15% off your order. Check them out at waywardraven.com. If you Player want one some coffee. really good coffee. Whoa. Roasted coffee. by gamers for gamers. Oh, Get yourself some Player One coffee at playeronecoffee.com. Enter our discount code. You know what it is. Geekcast Live. And get yourself a certain amount of money off on First Person Smoother. Check them out at at playeronecoffee.com. It's God's gift to gamers. Previously on GeekCast Live. Yep, you you come out and you're like a fucking uh, launch pad and quack. It's a trap! Is that a picture of Lee Marvin? 219 of the Geek I didn't even see that before. podcast. I'm your host, GCR, and with me tonight. Uh, not Rob Bass on Quaaludes. And truck noises. What's Dr. Truck-, truck noises to you. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Truck noises. Early show title. Within, like, fucking 19 words. <laughs> that's that's early. That that might be a record for this season. Deed. And and yeah, that is a uh, that is a picture of of Lee Marvin. I think looking. Uh, He's way dapper more dapper than I remembered. Yeah, it's his I'm most a, Sam Elliott. I love that look on him. The uh, like the it's ru- almost- yeah the, the rougher Sam Elliott. Well, it's like a he's got like a seven o'clock shadow and a and a mustache. It's it's mm-hmm. great. The handlebar thing, and he's doing like the look away, like fuck you. Yeah, in in like a twill suit. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look past it, there's a spaceship on there. <laughs> <laughs> like when your eyes finally cross. Yeah, like a magic eye suit. Oh. Magic eye suit. Oh, my, 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 my. Well, welcome. We are uh, Sans the Gingy. Sans a Gingy. Well, yeah. The the primordial Gingy. The primordial Gingy. Jesus. Yeah, he is... uh... Uh, he's at his. Uh, he's at a, a music festival. Yeah, he's. I think partying is... with the Ents and Fangorn. Right, he, he is, and that was, uh, you know, as as you folks listen to the show know that that Rob is a bit of a gypsy uh, of the musical nature, and this is the time of year where he packs a rucksack on a stick and goes traipsing about the upper Midwest uh, for in search of sight and sound, and. Yeah, it's- it's, uh, this year, he's he's at a new show, a new event. Uh, it's up in Michigan, I believe. Yeah, it's in the UP, actually. What was the actual title of this one? Did we? Did, did uh, tell it's, us? Uh, it's uh, I, it was it Fangorn Forest Fest. I actually, yes. Think so. 
Yeah, it's like an F F cubed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fangor is yeah. It's, it's uh it's F three. Yeah. Which is cubed. Yeah. It's like a, a hurdy gurdy and string quartet. Which I think is what? is uh, I think that's pretty cool. That's really stretching oneself uh, musically and emotionally and sexually. Mm-hmm. Well, so. the uh, if you go to the website, the I believe it says. Let me read it here, just verbatim. Mm. Uh, a light and ecclesiastical collection of venerable folk and funk, where the lute and mandolin bring the sexy back. Spend 15 minutes on our main stage with Alan Skidversky and the sounds of compunction, and you'll know this is not your great grandfather's hurdy. I mean, I think that's bold. That's a that's cool. a bold I mean, stance. Absolutely. I mean, I I personally have not hurdied or girdied, so I can't say if that's good or bad. But the lineup, I mean, well, it's, hell, it's the lineup's impressive. It's a sound. I'll give you that. It is. It it's technically music, is what I've read in the byline. So <laughs> they they put together like two and a half main stages. So whatever that's well, he worth. Already, he already sent. Uh, he he sent us. If I could, if I could find a way to take Snapchat and put it on the show, I would. He sent us. Uh, I get what uh, it was a uh, uh, boomerang by Thrandural, mm-hmm. which is cool. Right, we're we're going to play that uh, for the bit of bass show outro, aren't we? Yeah. I think we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you listen so. to the show regularly, you'll know to stick around at the end for our musical bits, and we will play a little bit of Thranduil. I think that was what? That's off his, at the live album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's off yeah, the yeah, album um, Sword Fights. Elegant. Yeah. Elegant. Or maybe I mean, sword did, party. I, I, I confused the two. It's sword party. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sword fights is the other album. Mm-hmm. There's sword party, then sword fights. It's kind of like sword party. Sword party. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's it's I just mean, two brothers. They, <laughs> they, they do. They do more with uh, yeah for two dudes and, and four string instruments. They do more with a, a fucking mandolin and a, and a cello than I would have yeah. really thought possible. Yeah, so, yeah. Yo Yo Ma, is hard out. It does is, have. I mean, the the second. I mean, the second stage is great. It looks good, but the the, the main stage has got it's got some cool bands. I mean, I've I've only heard a couple of them, but. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I know Rob either knows or knows is like a friend of a friend of DJ Stormcrow, which right. um, mm-hmm. I think I think he was at. Wasn't he at the Juggalo thing that we talked about? Pro- most likely, yeah, I think he was ago. on stage three at Juggalo Fest nineteen. Yeah, he was one of those. Uh, I think one of the Native American folks with the uh, uh, Uncle Emo's <laughs> band, the Second Breakfasts. Uh, uh, Rob is Rob is I know super excited to hear the second breakfast. I don't know any of their tunes, but shit. Rob I've never heard of them. I've never heard of the second breakfast. No, so. no. Well, I know I know he was absolutely pumped for Urukai Jive. Yeah, and he actually Which, sent. Go ahead. No, it, it was a. It's a that that video he sent to Urukai Jive. Well, first of all, it, they've got like one of those. They're like one of those like. Uh, gimmick bands like guar mm-hmm. yeah you know so they got like the big white hands on their face and the fucking like ferengi foreheads and shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh the cool thing is because they could they play during the day of course because they're not well, they that, yeah obviously they can't yeah they can so, these guys I, can i mean breaking the fourth wall but they certainly yeah they well they, can, they, and they jam in daylight they also uh, well, the song that he sent the video was it was their their hit Boromir, and I, I thought they killed it. Well, yeah, I mean, you got the one guy who's playing like the uh, like I don't know what you even call that thing. Is it a sitar? Mm-hmm. I think so. And the other guy with his like uh, tummy his drum electric- or whatever. <laughs> that I think that's a little weird. That's how I would describe it: a tummy drum. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know why. I, I've never heard somebody use their body that way to make music, but whatever, man. Oh, I mean, well, have you ever seen that, that video where like, the, 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 like the three guys come out and slap the fat guy? Yeah, that's kind of what it was like. Only it was a, it was a, it was like a. Yeah, he's got like the mic, like that's actually wrapped around his navel region. It's yeah, uh, a little weird then, to look at. Then but... he's got he's got like a like a staccato Paul Snedden hands that just go go that's, ham on uh... his own belly. 
There's a lot happening in that sentence that I want to listen to and play back and deconstruct. <laughs> well, the, the way their violinist uses that bow. I mean, right. He like, he's like, he's like air shooting at, mm-hmm. at people in the crowd and then playing and then air shooting the yeah. bow and then playing. I mean, way to sell it. What I thought was cool. Like if we heard Rob talk in some of the uh, unofficial chatter on our uh, on our text line here, which we may or may not share with you, but uh, I thought it was cool, like how dedicated the Stone Trolls are to their art. They won't take the stage during any sort of daylight. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that that was uh, that was edgy and cool. Absolutely. Well, and and, and uh, it's such a classy move to actually cook mutton on stage while you're performing. Right. I mean, that's yeah, just- I mean, usually you, do, you don't, it sort of violates the health code to throw food at your audience, but they seem to really be into it. Yep. So, I mean, whatever. Uh, right. Rob, if, if you, if you do catch some mutton in your mouth, uh, take a, take a picture and chap snatter it at us. Mm-hmm. So but the music is all over the place too, which I guess you could, I guess it's, I've never been to a music festival, so I guess they just get, they just bring acts in. I don't. Apparently, yeah. It's like if you know somebody like it, or pay something, you just free for all. None of these bands seem themed. It doesn't seem like they fit any sort of. No, it's kind of all uh, over the place. Yeah. yeah. And I, I went to YouTube some of it and couldn't find anything. So, I mean, they've kind of. They're definitely very private well, in their art. You do need to go. I mean, hop on Spotify and look up Tom Burton William. Are they are they playing on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. They're like a. Uh, are they like a Peter Paul and Mary cover band? Mm-hmm. Well, I went yeah, on. But they like, uh, they last couple of years they've been coming out with their own tunes and it's uh it's it's pretty good stuff. I mean, they've got they've Smaug the Magic Dragon. They've got a couple. That was them. They did. Sm- they, mm-hmm. That was them. That yeah, them? yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's Tom Burton William. Oh shit! I thought that was Fiddle Me This, and I was in the wrong spot. I tried to find them on Pandora, and I just uh, it's taken mm-hmm. me to a, a mm-hmm. bad thing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the trick with Pandora is you get stuck with with trying to seed the playlist, and you don't always get what you want. I it seed the playlist, which is funny. <laughs> it's just a funny concept, but they. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were uh, uh, a cover band because there's there's actually a couple cover bands. There's fucking um, shitload, a shitload of cover bands. Well, there's there's Nine Finger Death Punch, mm-hmm. which I can only assume is a, is a which does band. only it does only gospel, which I think is I don't know if that's like artsy or a little lame, but it's again, it's not my bag. This is Rob's deal, but um. The Radagast Against the Machine is a cover band, mm-hmm. which I thought was good. You've got My Alchemical Romance, which uh, which oddly enough, they're, they're, they they rock as hard as one can rock with you know all strings, <laughs> all weird strings too. Yeah, like the harp. Yeah, and yeah. this then and the second. Mm-hmm. The second the, se- the second harp, or just the, the second, second string. The second string. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so probably so, the biggest. Probably the biggest. I mean, did you see who's closing the show out though? A Saturday night prime until, time. Until until Rob started going on and on about it and getting all like gushy and, and pecklemped. <laughs> yeah, who's who's closing out on the main stage? That's a it's a it's a flock of Smeagles. It is. is it is flock of Smeagles, which is one of my favorite things to ever say. Mm-hmm. Let alone, let alone <laughs> listen to. Can't can't testify to the quality of their music, but really, really digging them uh, in their whole sort of presentation. They're all motion capture, which I think is flock of badass. Smeagles. So, if as you guys listen to this, I would encourage you guys to. Uh, to tweet or text or get a hold of Rob because I'm sure he'll still be there when this goes live and uh, ask him. Uh, I don't know. Ask him how Flock of Smeagles. Yeah, ask ask him what out. his favorite band was, and if you if you see any other bands that are playing, go ahead and let us know. Please, uh, if you if you like him or if you have anybody that you think we should recommend to be on the show next year, mm-hmm. uh, just send it our way. Flock of Smeagles. 
Anything, uh, uh, anything happen in the world of like uh, big budget acquisitions that anybody gives a shit about? Uh, Bear uh, bought Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> just teed him right up. Oh, yeah, there's Terrell that. Owens, as Terrell Owens, one time publicist, would have said to your answer, "There's seventy-one point three billion reasons." Why Fox would sell to Disney. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what to think because it's. Um, don't worry, they'll tell you. Disney wants it. That's what that means. Comcast made a $65 billion all cash offer. I would All right, but as. Check. For sixty-five billion dollars, that's it's what Comcast offered. And Disney, all Disney did was up their total purchase price to seventy-one-three. And what they and they what they did was, um, whatever the difference was from their previous offer to this one, they just made that offer all in cash. So yeah, we'll just we'll we'll up our uh, we'll up our cash offer. Uh, you know, we'll give you an additional twenty-two billion dollars in cash. How about that, Fox? All right, Fox said. I I don't know. I don't. I don't know. As a as a geek pseudo officiant and fan, I don't. I, I guess I'm happier because I sort of. I mean, even though Disney is its own monopoly, I sort of have a little faith in it. Mm. I detest Comcast. In all and all their products and properties, yeah. every product so, and property. Mm-hmm. So fuck them. I mean, from that sense, I don't know what it's going to do to the Marvel universe. I mean, I know a lot of Marvel fans. Ironically enough, not Rob, but a lot of Marvel fans who are think this is you know like a new frontier of an incorporation of characters, and there's a lot of talk about where this is going to take what's left of the phase four MCU. And I, I guess I, I mean, I could see some coolness to that. I'm a little cynical, but I, I guess it's the lesser of the two evils. I think what's, I think what's interesting is on the same day that this goes down, uh, Fox puts a hold on all, um, star Wars movies. Disney, Disney, uh, sorry, Disney does. So, like the Obi Wan movie, the second Han Solo movie, the Boba Fett movie, they just said, like, nope, stop. Just talking. tabled all of them. You, Table all of them. Are you saying Wolverine's going to be in Kenobi? Because I'm down for that. <laughs> That's probably yeah. the one that would make me see, watch another fucking Star Wars story about Star somebody Wars you don't care about. Prequel, prelude. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Not that I didn't like Solo. That- I mean, we talked about that uh, last week. I liked it just fine, but I didn't love it, and I'd be okay if it didn't happen mm-hmm. again. I, I or just anymore. think it's funny that, like, because earlier this week we were making fun of the fact that uh, the new the new DC EU head said, like, like how do you make your like like how do we make the DC EU successful? And he said, like, well, we should only make good movies. Um, which I thought was profound. Which, well, yeah, but I, I think it's funny because I think that's kind of. Like I think a lot of a lot of people laughed at that. I know we did, yeah. but I think maybe what Disney said was, "Hey, maybe maybe they're onto something. <laughs> maybe, they're on, maybe there's something to this make a good movie idea." You know, let's take that maybe back to we the should. boardroom. Let's stop kicking that guy out the window. Didn't didn't somebody mention uh, last week or week before that Feige is kind of got some shit on standby for mm. accessibility to the Wolverine rights and, and character and script. I think, I think Rob was saying he has a script ready to go uh, for whenever Wolverine joins the Avengers. Oh he, yeah. He's just, he's waiting. By the phone. <laughs> he's waiting by the phone to be told you have access to these characters. Yeah. So, so what do we think that'll really mean? Well, I, I think if it goes also, 
they've also said that, um, like, the concept of phases with MCU is going to go away. Like, basically, this next Avengers, uh, Avengers 4, will end the concept of the, uh, you know, a, a, a decade-long MacGuffin ending in a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that means. I can only assume it's just going to be – I think it's just going to be completely different because I, I really yeah. don't know – I don't know how they – I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I don't know how they would the MCU as magical without the concept of a MacGuffin. Yeah. Well, if they, if they follow the Sony numbering system, we should see a split into a, a phase four slim and a phase four pro with one terabyte of extra data. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Not Profound. I guess completely, but um, I was. I watch TV while we podcast, and so I get on the the old DVR, and I see that I have a Rick and Morty episode. Excellent. And it just so happens to be Vindicators three. <laughs> and and first of all, I want us all to please have Vindicator jackets at some point. I just want a Vindicators jacket. Mm-hmm. But two, <laughs> can you say can you say the one line from this episode that is my favorite line? In what three seasons of oh uh, of Rick and Morty? Oh my gosh! Do I know the line? Yeah, you do. You say it. So is this is this, the, is this the exploding black star? Or... Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> this thing. Half a million ants and half sing star. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand, uh, but I find that it's, I suppose some will find funny. I had a what? What is? Isn't she talking about how she had a baby? Yeah, that died inside of her. We were in love. We had a child together, but it died inside me because it's, it's half. It's half a million ants and half an exploding star. <laughs> 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 so bizarre. <laughs> the Nick, the the Vindicators are a intergalactic suit. They're kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course. And there's there's actually like a Star Lord esque character who's on the Vindicators. <laughs> who's like he's like super cool and like just purely he's just humanoid. And then there's a there's there's a million ants, and he's just a, a million ants. <laughs> a million ants. And then there's oh, <laughs> okay. And then, and okay. then there's a guy named I think his name's Ghost Train. Yes, and he's just <laughs> he's a big black guy who can like like his Patronus is a runaway locomotive. <laughs> wow, his name is Ghost Train. <laughs> oh fuck, it's funny. Isn't this it's so it's like funny. William Rails, aka Ghost Train? Yes, and then there's like robot crocodile, crocubot, crocubot. That's right. Half that's unfeeling a fart, that's reptile a and a half unfeeling robot. <laughs> fell into a vat of redundancy. <laughs> Actually, of all um, the episodes of Rick and Morty, I think you'd like Nick. I think that's the one. I no, I I like it. I've watched a few episodes. I do find it funny. I just I haven't. No, I'm just I'm saying of all the ones to make time for, I think you'll like that one because you'll resonate with its superhero cynicism. Oh, I I can't wait. What's what's it called? I think it's called Vindicators Three. Yeah, it's called Vindicators Three. Um, yeah, it's called Vindicators Three: The Return of World Ender. Yes. That's and actually, like at, at one point, Rick's like, like the, they're not heroes, Morty. They're just a cash grab. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> I watched the whole one where there was like a like a I don't know some sort of like space plague that regenerates or like shape shifts and becomes things. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's yeah. like a uh, there's a Velociraptor involved. I know that. Yeah. That's funny. Oh no, you're talking. You're talking about photography raptor. Photography raptor. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That, it's the one where there's the. That's uh, the- a funny, funny <laughs> piece of of cartoon filmmaking. There's photography that whole, raptor. That whole scene in the uh, living room where there's like forty different characters. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a ghost. There's ghost in a jar, <laughs> and there's uh, pencil vester. Pencil vester is a great one. <laughs> and then there's a uh, there's Amish cyborg. <laughs> and hammer eye. <laughs> hammer eye. <laughs> hammer eye. <laughs> you love hammer eye. <laughs> Amish cyborg is the fucking best. <laughs> I think my favorite though, I uh, is God Sleepy damn it, Sleepy Gary. Sleepy Gary, I knew it. Sleepy Gary. Oh God. What are we doing, Sleepy Gary? Hey, I hear they're filming that new Star Wars movie up the oh. coast. Maybe we'll see Chewbacca. <laughs> I'd like to think that that's the type of program we could put together if we were well funded and slightly smarter. Like yes. I can, I can feel right. that I, humor. Or- or I just agree. lived in L.A. and didn't need to pay housing. There's that. There's that. Because I think we could have come up with something akin to Amish Cyborg. I think we do regularly. It becomes show titles. Like, if we could make our show titles into characters, I think they would make a Rick and Morty episode. Yes. Yeah, like, like Illinois Bruce Smith would be a good a Christopher Rick Christopher Moore book. Or <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Truck Noises, for that matter. Of course. Of course. <laughs> He's a doctor. He's also the living embodiment of a truck noise. Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, like he's always Jake breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Even in zones where it's not allowed. God damn it! Right. Like, what's no, the one word that goes least with with a raptor? Photography. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> photography raptor is is God. fucking great. It's wonderful. That's a good, good episode. So anyhow, I'm feeling yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, if I do see that come up on the DVR, we'll make sure I sit well, down and, and watch have, it. The, uh, they've, they've been greenlit now for seven more seasons. Seasons? Seven more seasons. So seven, it's going to wow. be like 70 more episodes. My hope is that at that point they're then done because I, I, I would hate for Rick and Morty to become, Something where it's almost like, like I like the community. Simpsons. Does anybody even watch? Does watch the Simpsons anymore? No, no. And they're on what season? Like forty something. I can't even watch Modern Family anymore. Only on like season nine. Sometimes you just yeah, gotta let you go. No, you gotta die a hero. Go win the Stanley, cu- win the Stanley Cup and then retire. Yes, that's a sports one, Joe. For you. sports analogy, but. Trust me, it makes sense to this narrative. Yeah, go on. I mean, I get that one. I'm on board. Yeah, do I, with a cartoon for sure. Don't be super greedy. Do five or six good seasons and just sell the shit out of it on, you know, sell Netflix, sell DVDs, whatever. I mean, make them all great. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Family Guy loses yep. its edge a little bit. There's always so much good stuff you can make at a certain point. The other thing, too, is that. In all of, we could do a whole episode on like toxic fandoms. Oh my god! But Rick and Morty fans are like the toxic Rick and Morty fanboys are such fucking ass clowns. Really? We're like, oh my god! Oh my god. Like, there's, I'm pretty sure they're that. also in the Venn diagram of toxic uh, Rick and Morty fans and toxic Star Wars fans. I think they overlap. Yeah. They play the yeah, same like sandbox. The, uh, like the the people who like fat shames uh, Rose, uh, yeah, was it like a Kelly Tran yes. or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and made her leave fucking Instagram and Twitter because every time she says something, they fat shame her mm-hmm. because they think she because they think she ruined Star Wars for them because they're insecure fucking white men. Mm-hmm. Those same people are asshole Rick and Morty fans. Yeah. Well, what is there to be like uppity about? They think that you have to be like the top tier of intelligence to understand the humor of the show. So if you either just don't get it or don't like it, they treat you like you are the scum of the earth. It's just because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You're just too, you're just too dumb to get it. That's so bizarre. I would, I so prefer to just like. Like the things you like and let other people like things that they like. Yeah. Well, no, fuck. Fuck dumb people. 
but I prefer to gravitate to something that's like, if it's like intellectual humor, I would just, I prefer to just gravitate to those people. I could care less if somebody doesn't get it. That would not right. offend me more for me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. These are also the people who had like absolute full body meltdowns when McDonald's only had 20 uh, packets of Szechuan sauce. Yeah, I, I yeah, assume there's, that's a, there's a meta joke there, but I there's there's an episode of Rick and Morty where, um, like Rick gets Szechuan sauce at McDonald's for his fucking nuggets, and there were people that were like going to McDonald's and demanding Szechuan sauce, and when they said like we haven't had Szechuan sauce since Mulan was in theaters. They like fuck the place up or like sh- like shit on the floor. I mean, they fucking freak the fuck what? out. What? Yeah. And, well, and until- then even McDonald's was like uh, the. I think the the mistake McDonald's made was underestimating the toxicity of the fandom. And so McDonald's right. was like, "Oh, cool! Our Szechuan sauce got mentioned in this popular show. Maybe we can capitalize on it." And then said, you know, on this particular day, we're going to have Szechuan sauce for a limited time only back in our restaurants. And then it was only a limited number of restaurants. And each restaurant that got it only got like 20 packets of Szechuan sauce. So if you were the 21st person in line, you threw a goddamn fit because how are you going to be a true Rick and Morty fan if you don't get your Szechuan sauce? So I'm going to like... I'm going to like cry and fucking pull my hair out and like tell the fucking manager at McDonald's that he, I'm, he's going to get sued and rip the register off the counter. Like fuck it's stupid. Yeah. Pull my, pull my shirt over oh. my head, like Beavis and butthead and, and run around on the floor. Like Larry from three stooges. And I somehow missed this entire phenomenon. Yes. Yeah. Probably because good, I would good go on you into a McDonald's. Like, Good on you. The first yeah. thing, but Jesus. Yeah, like, dude, it's a cartoon show, and it's just a cartoon show. Like, I love it. I think it's fucking hilarious. I can't wait for it to come back. Um, I think it is smart, and it is extremely funny. And I do think, like, my wife doesn't get it. She's like, I don't understand why you thought that was funny, or, and I'm like, okay, well, you just don't get it. It's no big deal. Yeah, the humor the humor is is very I think very specific, you know, and it's not necessarily that it's it, some of it is very smart humor and very highbrow, but most of it's just like it's reference related, you know. It, it's not uh, it's honestly not much different from what we it's do here, culture ish, right? Is that that that's not? I mean, just we're totally getting far afield here, but why not? Isn't that a fascinating case study when you uh, you pick a media, you listen to a a song or an album by someone or watch a movie with or a TV show, something that you would go to your grave arguing is just, you know, genius level work and the person you're with totally is over their head or not in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I find that to be just a, 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 a really weird and interesting little piece of, of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll go with humanitarian case study mm. to just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some stuff yeah. to me is just so inarguably good. And then I have to resist the urge to be an asshole. You know, if somebody like, eh, I'm good. Uh, okay, cool. I don't understand, but okay. Use <laughs> the urge and these guys don't. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's, I, uh, that's the, the difference. This more civilized me is better about it. Younger yeah. me would have been a bit of a of a prick. Yeah, but yeah, they feed their yetzer hurrah. Like if I watch Veep with somebody who doesn't laugh out loud, that it's it, hard it, for me. It makes me question. Like my thing is like I'll. I'll uh, my biggest problem is I, cause I'm like you, if I watch, if I'm sitting down with you to watch Veep and you don't laugh out loud, I have to almost like when it's over with, look at him and say like, so what didn't you get so we can watch it again and you'll laugh. Yeah. Can I explain? Maybe I missed that. Maybe you take it back a few episodes so you can catch why exactly Jonah gets hit on. You know? Right. And then, and then they'll say like, I just didn't get it. And you want to say like, 
you, what you want to say is, well, that's because you're fucking stupid. <laughs> you want to, I want to reevaluate why I was connected enough to have you sitting here with me watching this anyway. But you, but you don't say that because you're not an asshole and you realize that maybe they just don't get it. But I'm with you. It is funny because there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things I like that my wife just doesn't like. I could sit down right now and watch um, Tombstone. Mm-hmm. And Natalie's like, when can this be over? <laughs> well, she won't be your Huckleberry? After the 45-minute cowboy montage. <laughs> the third the third one, Joe. You have yeah. to wait to the third 45-minute cowboy yeah. montage. Right. It's not what he Duck said, Rhett. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. But, such a uh, great analogy. Sharing that, sharing that with my wife the first time when we were dating, and we got to that, that just 45 minutes of them, like shots of the legs of horses and red <laughs> sashes flying through the air. And just music in the background and gunshot noises. And she was like, when when can this be over? And I was like, I forgot this scene happened. There's no witty dialogue here. No repartee, no nothing. I remember it was our, like our, it was the, okay, I don't, I don't know what date it was, but it's that date in your history together where, like, you decide that you're going to, uh, like, I'm just going to come over to your house and we're going to like just go to your room and we're going to watch a movie. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. You bring the movie. I'll order pizza. One of the, you know, like sixth, seventh date, whatever it is. Sure, sure. So I go over there and I'm thinking, like, I've got, <laughs> like, I'm going to blow this out of the fucking water. You got, a six pack of, you got a six pack of Zima, a box of condoms. You're fucking mm-hmm. loaded she for bear. Called, she called in some pizza. I swung and picked it up. Uh, we sit down, we go to her room, we open up to pizza. She says, what movies you get? I was like, you're going to love it. Uh, I know you've never seen it and you are going to love it. And I put in The Princess Bride and she she was, it got over with it. I was like, huh? And she was like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking it. And I remember, Driving I remember, the Carpathian Warlord. I remember, <laughs> I remember looking at her being like, what, what do you, you didn't like that? And she's like, I fucking hated every second of that movie. And I'm like, maybe it's a gender thing. My wife is not into <laughs> Princess Bride oh. either. And I, I, I've let it ride because there's plenty of other stuff we connect on. I can sort of put that aside, but totally, totally like a, no, not interested. Uh, not, I was, I was flabbergasted. Not that funny. Like, I remember thinking to myself, like, do I like? Should there be an eighth date? Did you, did you like <laughs> sniff yourself? Like, is is that just a cover? Do I do I stink? Is there something else? Is there some other reason she's running me out of here? I re- I, I honestly remember like looking at her, and then I think it was almost like, like, okay, hey, I, um, uh, it's been really nice. Uh, thanks for letting me come over, and then I left. And then she, the next day, she was like, hey, so you, uh. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I remember saying to myself, like, of course you want to go on another date with her. It's not really a deal breaker. Right. But in my, at the same time in my head, I said that. I said, I don't think you should go on another date with her. <laughs> You're totally reevaluating your entire position. If you can't, I want to do anything. If you can't, I want to bang her. Princess Bride. <laughs> but on principle. I don't think I can. I don't know if I can. Yeah, it's not that I couldn't. It's that I shouldn't. <laughs> 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 Let's not turn yeah, this relationship into a true crime document. To this, to this day, too, I like if it's on TV, I'll turn it on. Oh fuck! Be, like, sorry, I don't. I how do you not like it? I don't know. That's that's Zoolander in my house. If Zoolander's on like TBS or something, I come across it. I'm guaranteed to give it fifteen or twenty minutes, and Lindsay will just look at me and like shake her head and go to another room. It's like, it, do you think I'm not a good you Googleizer? Right. What's not funny about a freak gasoline fight? Actually, nothing. Nothing. Nothing there's at also, all. There's nothing more funny to me than the concept of David Duchovny did his whole monologue, and Ben Stiller actually forgot his line. So he just <laughs> he what does he say? Doesn't he say like? Doesn't he ask the question again? Uh huh. But why nail models? And, De- and Duchovny says, are you fucking kidding me? 
And that was just his actual fucking reaction. <laughs> and, I think, and they just left it in the movie. And I think it's the funniest fucking thing. David Duchovny's like, I'm on set for like a minute. That's all. I'm in the, I'm in the movie for fucking 15 seconds. This was a fucking, I did this on my lunch break. And you can't even remember that you're like, are you fucking with me? I love it. A million ants just killed Ghost Train, by the way. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> a million One million ants. times better. <laughs> and he does. He's like a monotone million ants. Well, I think I think he's got to generate his voice by vibrating his ants. <laughs> Nick, there's another episode where uh, the Earth is pulled into a universe-wide uh, singing contest where what you get you get one chance to perform your best song, and if they don't like it, they destroy your planet. And so the government pulls Harsh. in Rick, Morty, and Ice T. Oh wow! Because <laughs> all of the rest of the world's musicians were destroyed in the event that moved the planet. <laughs> all that's left is Rick, Morty, and Ice T. But the best thing is that Ice T, right at the end, says like, "Like I don't got to stay here for this shit." He turns into a. An- like an actual ice tea, like a, a tea made out of ice. Like a capital T, and then of flies, course he did. Flies off the planet. <laughs> There's I'm an from Alpha the planet <laughs> He returns to the planet of Alpha Betrium, where his father welcomes him back with open arm with open mm-hmm. arms and thaws him into just being water tea. <laughs> wow, hey, father. How high is the writing room? Very. Very. The the best is there's a there's a video where the guy who does the voice of Rick, who's just a drunk, they tell him to method act it. So they they start giving like, hey, why don't you get drunk and do this episode? And he's they're like at a certain point they're like, You don't need another shot. And he's like, fuck yeah. And he takes a fucking like his eighth shot of tequila as he's reading his lines for fucking Rick. Oh my. Yeah, uh, never again. I think. Fucking great. So good. I care now. You made me care more. Because <laughs> Dan Harmon thinks he does a passable iced tea impression, and so they just right. found a reason to work it in. Oh, it's not actually iced tea doing the no, voice. no. Although he has said in multiple interviews, anytime Ice T wants to come voice a character, open ended. Yep, <laughs> just standing offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get yeah. Um, they get many celebrities on there to do any bits. Or uh, they have they've had John Oliver, Stephen Colbert, um, the, the the dude from Flight of the Concords, mm-hmm. Concords, yeah, the principal from uh, Community, whose name I suddenly can't remember. I wanted. I I almost said Dean Wormer, but I knew that was wrong. Dean Winters, not Dean Winters. It's not even Dean. Oh yeah, he is. Oh. He is a Dean, not a principal. He is. Sorry. He is. That's why I keep trying to say. <laughs> uh, okay, I I went the wrong way there. I zigged. Uh, Jim Rash. Yes, that's his name. <laughs> I zigged. <laughs> <laughs> I went the wrong way. I did. I, I totally did. Well, when Rob gets back next week, um, after we quiz him about the Fangorn experience, and he tells us about his uh, his conversion to the DC Dark Universe uh, and his his leaving. Apparently, he's leaving his Marvel fandom because of the uh, Disney acquisition. So he has realigned his chakras with uh for the forthcoming aquaman movie so i'm really interested to hear hear his take on that and his uh his 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 new comic book fandom that should be that should be exciting stuff absolutely absolutely hey while he's gone uh uh quick vote we definitely have a quorum uh favorite superhero of the show is definitely superman right Oh, 100%. I think it's without question at this point. I mean, I don't really know how you can argue it. 
right? Yeah. If you he's, if you if you want to argue, feel free to argue it. You know, to reach us. He's the most um, well-rounded superhero. He's the most complete. The most. Yeah, he, yep. he, he's the best acted of uh, in, in the cinematic mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Did um, you just light off some sort of screamer? Yeah, bottle someone, rocket out the window. Someone outside is having like a, a Yu-Gi-Oh style AI <laughs> battle. I think. <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't know. I can't yeah. even picture what that is. It, it but might it be seems... Beyblade. I don't know. But that's. I, that's... <laughs> uh... I'm not into what the kids are doing these days. Beyblade. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a yo-yo ball fight. <laughs> Oh no! It's it's the body wrap boys. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it, it's a brainstorm competition. Body wrap. Shit! It's, it's a bunch of fucking oh brain warp. I'm sorry, brain warp. It's bra- it's brain warp. Mm-hmm. You know what sucks about brain warps? Everything. When you, when you oh. yeah, when you turn it off, it doesn't actually turn off, and so you'll be like sitting downstairs in the basement, and all of a sudden you'll hear like. Select want to, game. Want to play? Yeah. Like, no! Fucking creepy fucking thing. <laughs> it is It is objectively the Furby of brain games. Yeah. Brain warp. Like, shut up. Oh, fucking Furby. At least Bob hey, shuts you, off. Hey, did you ever have a Tamagotchi? No, but you know who was really into Tamagotchis? was Houston. Was, was he really? Mm-hmm. My uh, my cousins. Well, Jordan and Kylie used to have Tamagotchis, mm-hmm. and and I think I had Tom- a pair of those once, but I, I sat on them and broke them by mistake. <laughs> when Tommy would forget to feed them and they'd die, uh-huh. they would f- fucking lose their shit. They're not sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're little robot fucking toys, and you were supposed to like, you'd like, like play with them by pressing a certain button and then they would feel happy and so they wouldn't get sad and if you the thing is if you didn't if you forgot to feed them they would just they would like turn off and never turn on again how do you feed a robot there was a there was a feed button you press a button and it feeds it it air quotes yep and if you forget to do it would just turn off and be sometimes sometimes so like often they would have to poop and yep. uh, if you didn't hit the toilet button, they would literally just, there'd just be a poop on screen. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-mm. Yep. Patrick Stewart and they, voice and everything. It, unbelievable. And so if, if, so if Kylie and Jordan went, like, spent a weekend somewhere or whatever, and they didn't bring their time, like, I remember Tommy, like, leaving work to go home to feed his daughter's Tamagotchis because he didn't want them to come home and then be dead because that they were. He'd be he'd have hell to pay, <laughs> <laughs> or he'd bring them to work with him, and he'd just keep them in his pocket, and everyone so he'd have to pull them out and fucking like I'm just playing with my fucking daughter's Tamagotchi fucking thing. Let me vaccinate my Tamagotchi monster. <laughs> it's like you guys are speaking Greek to me. <laughs> I may as well be. Yeah, it, it was like a, it was an interesting phenomenon. I'm speaking Greek. I don't to see how. Oh shit, Nico. Huh. What you geeking on, buddy? Well, um, nothing good. Take that. Oh, oh, neat. Yeah, right. Um, so something evil then? No, nothing. I mean, evil would be at least interesting. Oh, fair. Uh, since last we talked, no. Um, wait, no, that's not true. I have gone back to the because uh, I took like a. I don't know, six, nine months away from it. Uh, I've gone back into the Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History podcast, um, which is, uh, you know, I, I was really, really deep into uh, Song of Ice and Fire last year to get caught up for cons and, and, and seasons and blah, 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 and then shifted to some hardcore small-town murder for a while. Um, so jumping back into something a little bit more um, I don't know, light, intellectually right. stimulating and light at the same time. 
Um, and they're nice and short, you know, and they always leave me thinking, but not depressed, which is a unfortunate byproduct of small town murder. Mm. It's hilarious. And I laugh and I feel dead inside. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've been, uh, on some revisionist history, which, uh, I can't, I can't recommend enough. That's a great, great 35 minutes for your brain. Ooh, it's and minutes. It, between 30 and 40 minutes an episode. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's really nice. Easy to digest. Um, that's about the only thing different this week. Um, hopefully we'll get, get, uh, some movies in maybe next week. Um, not on a TV show at the moment. I've just been kind of picking up funny stuff here and there with my half hour that I am allotted. Um, and of course, uh, oh, we forgot to talk baseball this week. When, when Rob's away, we usually go ramp up the sports. So that's, that's dominating my time still is, you know, youth baseball and softball and, and, and that deal. So, um, yeah, so we'll call it Malcolm Gladwell for the week. Nice. Check it out if you haven't. It's really fantastic stuff. Uh, Joe, how about you? Uh, automotive Foley work. There we go. <laughs> Devin, I've been practicing the background of the episode the whole time. No, um... <laughs> Ryan's truck braking was tremendous, so I don't know if you can Thanks. top that. Uh, no, I, uh, uh, we, went and, we went and saw The Incredibles this week, uh, the wife and I. Uh, formational movie from our childhood. Uh, being able to see the, the sequel was nice. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I do agree with the critics that it, it had... Uh, they tried to fit way too many messages into the movie. Um, and so I think some of the themes kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, but uh, overall, I thought it was a good movie. It was my favorite part about it is uh, um, probably the fact that uh, being able to see Mr. Incredible striving to be a good dad. Um Was that your nemesis right there? <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. Hey, that's my elasticycle. Um, <laughs> good Lord. Um, having having uh, uh, Mr. Incredible actually like demonstrate nurturing qualities was really cool for me. Um, I'm, I'm built like a pretty masculine guy, but I'm pretty not very masculine. And uh, usually when you get a, strange descriptive. a, a nurturing <laughs> male character in a, in a TV show or movie, they're pretty queer-coded, um, which I don't have a problem with, except that, like, I'm not, you know? So it was really, really special to me to have a, a very, very masculine character that was being obviously nurturing and caring for his kids and... Uh, there's a scene where he actually wakes up in the middle of the night and teaches himself common core math so he can help his kid with his homework in the morning. And, uh, I just, I thought that was, uh, that, that actually brought tears to my eye because, uh, I've never seen something like that in a movie before. And, uh, it really connected with me. So, wow. That's, uh, this is taking an unexpected turn. Yeah. Deepness. Yeah. So, um, do you think, um, I too uh, hold the original Incredibles in uh, fairly high regard. Do you do you think the sequel is is kid friendly enough, or is it is it a little bit geared for adults? Um, I think it's very kid friendly. It, it's as kid friendly as the original. Yeah. Okay. Maybe even maybe okay. even more so actually because of uh, they do devote a lot of time to Jack Jack, and it yeah. is very uh, cutesy when they do that. There's a scene with the ra- there's a scene with the raccoon that's phenomenal. I was so worried for that raccoon that whole scene. <laughs> Damn, I'm, I'm my, just intrigued now. My problem with the movie, Joe, mm-hmm. um, was that I think they um, they must think that the only thing Elastigirl is good for is to become a parachute. Yes. That's uh, yeah. That is a really solid point, they, especially when they you go to that. They yeah. go to that well a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. They go to that well as often as Lassie. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. But I did. Yeah. And, and meantime, I mean, you've got one character that has uh, a new superpower, I think roughly every 45 seconds. 
and then and then you have like uh, Violet uh, in the middle of the Mole Man fight is suddenly able to do some things that that you're like that she didn't do that in the first movie and she just started exploring her powers. Hmm. Yeah. The the other thing too about it was that I I and this is probably just me. I wanted a movie. We spent that whole first movie building up to the like the super team. Yeah. The the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, we really don't get to see that. It's a lot of solo superhero work and then some together type work. But even that's not yeah. necessarily together. It was, so it was, that was a little bit of a bummer for me. Yeah. It was almost – now that now you say that, I, I hadn't thought about it that much. But uh, it was almost exactly the same movie arc-wise. Um. Uh, a lot of the same beats, just a different uh, 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 sort of, would you say, like an opposite of the villain from yeah. the first one? So, I'm so, sorry, say that again? Like like an op- like the villain was the opposite. Like instead of everybody should be a oh, superhero. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so worth checking out. Ep- yeah, still oh, yeah. worth checking oh, out. Yeah. Still, um, still- Still a good movie, man. Yeah, and I think I think still excellent for a younger crowd. Okay, cool. So, and and I mean, there's enough, there's enough there for adults, and and the music, and the honestly, the music was was still top notch. I thought the uh, the animation was still excellent. Um, also the uh, I will I will also say it's. I personally, as a fan of animation, tremendously enjoyed watching the credits uh, because of the amount of detail that they managed to pack into each of the little vignette scenes that they play during the credits. Um, I'll, give, I'll give you that. Yeah. That's, and it's also, I mean, the whole movie's beautifully done. It's, 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 it looks really, it's really a good looking movie. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely cool. yeah, it'd be a cool, cool. Uh, it's a great family movie. I think. Yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely kid friendly enough. Yeah, All right. good. Good double feature, I think. Even. Oh, watching them both. Mm-hmm. Well, because you, I mean, they they, they feed right into each other. Like no other yeah. sequel, I think, since Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. So, but uh, Ryan, what are you? What are you geeking on this week? Aside from my excellent motor skills, oh, uh, tonight was the uh, last regular season baseball game for my kids or for Macklin. We have a a tournament that starts Friday. Um. Oh, besides that, we've had uh, three games this week. Um. Oh, you know what? We went to uh, there's this there's this really good uh, Japanese restaurant uh, in in Lafayette that we we like to go to, and uh, Macklin has decided that he wants to spend the rest of the summer trying foods he's never tried, which Tremendous. is cool. So he had a uh, he had lobster uh, for the first time, which he loved. He had uh, he had some sushi, so he had some he had some tuna, um, uh, and then he had some scallops. Uh, he loved all of it. Uh, nice. He had some wasabi. Uh, that he didn't like so much. <laughs> Was he like that um, the internet video? Yes. Help. <laughs> and so he's, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, we're trying, he really wants, for some reason, I don't know why, he really wants to try fried clams. So I got to find a place where I can get some fried, fried clams. Fried uh, clams. Yeah, he's, he's got it, he's got it in his head that he wants to try fried clams. I don't know if he saw it on a TV show that he watches or whatnot, but that's what he wants to try. So we're going to try to do it. It's on his sure. it's on his summer list. So nice. Yeah, that's, that's I, a... I'd say it was uh, watching watching my uh, gosh, my soon to be nine year old um, try new foods is actually pretty darn cool. And not only try them, but to try them and like them. Yes. So like now he knows that he could order. Uh, you know, when we go to the Japanese place, if he wants to have lobster, he can have that. It took him a while to try shrimp, but then once he did, uh, I mean, he gets shrimp all the time now. So it's just weird how, you know, to think of, you know, 
it'd take me a long time to list all the different foods I've tried. Right. Uh, and to think that there's some he hasn't is kind of cool. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's, so, it's yeah. like, it's like we were. Yes. <laughs> I agree, Joe. I Hardly. agree. <laughs> I was talking in the food game. Like, yeah. So I was telling Maddie about it. I remember uh, the very first time I tried something new that wasn't like the same thing I always used to get was uh, uh, we were in Chinatown in uh, downtown Chicago. And uh, I had some kind of strange chicken confection that was spicy and sweet and crunchy and chewy and uh, completely changed my culinary world. And uh, one of the, it's one of the, my formative memories of food. And, uh, of course, I grew up and uh, asked my mom about it. It was fucking Panda Express. Oh, no. <laughs> An <No>. orange chicken. <laughs> wow. Well, on that but still, note, it's still, you know, once, once you, have a, you have an experience like that, and then you have an experience like taking you out fishing, and then ordering you a, a hamburger with uh, an entire slice of onion and mustard. Yeah. I don't see what's wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're nine, it's, it's a little overwhelming, flavor-wise. <laughs> it was like an inch-thick cut onion. Right. Onion burger. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. But, well, remote. that horrible tale of Panda Express, I don't know that we can continue. <laughs> I think that's about the ultimate sign-off. So, um, Oh, I just watched the darkest moment of Rick and Morty ever. Yes. Jesus. Wait, the darkest moment? Oh, the, uh, yeah. The brother kills his sister on accident because they're playing. Oh, oh, you're what? already on that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shrimply. That's not. That doesn't sound funny. Uh, you know, sounds awful. If you think about it, it's not. But if you if you just let yourself be an awful toxic human, <laughs> it's I'm, tough. It's funny because it's rich. tough. What? I'm just. Bye. I'm just riffing. Support us uh, on Patreon. We're not rich. Yeah, do. Do all that stuff Joe said. Make us rich. Find us five stars. Find us on the Facebooks. Give us five stars. Let us know what uh, Tolkien-themed headliner you listened to at the Fangorn Forest Music Festival. And if there's one we missed, yeah, let us know who we should plug in and uh, let let Rob know why he's wrong or right with his newfound love for Superman mm-hmm. and tell the us, DCU. Tell us how you think you should pronounce Kevin Feige. Okay. And your favorite Sherman Williams paint color. Mm-hmm. Phage. <laughs> that's, that's a color. Mm-hmm. And Intense also, I pronounce spiky. <laughs> Intense sunburst. It's all over my kitchen and my pants. Good night, everyone. Cotton glove. Sounds like a villain in like a fucking bad 80s TV show, like crime <laughs> drama. Next week on Geek Cast Live. Yeah, I, I'm really, I haven't been a bar of soap guy since the, like, the, you know, the air quotes body wash loofah thing became a thing. Check this.